Hi, I'm Lorelai. And I'm Sarah. Welcome, Welcome to-, to the Open Pages podcast. podcast. The podcast where we discuss all of your nerdy fantasies, book theories, and writing traumas. Everyone, th- hello. Welcome back. Um, today we have our special, not surprised anymore, guest. Would you like to introduce yourself? Yes. Hi. My name is Drew Taylor, and I write rom-coms. All right. That is great. What type of rom-coms, Drew? <laughs> um, yeah. We threw in my work. Um, but not Christian fiction. I, I never know how to explain that appropriately. Well, I describe it as fiction <laughs> written by Christian authors. Kind of like how you listen to music by Christian bands, but they aren't explicitly like Christian music. Mm-hmm. So, like, what are some tropes that you use? Like, mm-hmm. are... Like, exactly what things do you tend to, like, put into your books? What's the most common thing that people can find in your books besides romance? Okay, yeah, so I've only written two. So, well, okay, I've written three. The third one is in edits right now. Um, There's always, I'm realizing in all three of my books, there is a common thread. It is the theme of coming home, um, of finding your true home. Um, I'm very adamant on home is not necessarily a physical place. It is a heart, right? We can find home with our best friends. We can find a home with our, you know, lover as in the sense of romance. Um, You can even find a home within yourself. So uh, that is a very common theme that I'm realizing is appearing (laughs) in everything that I write for some reason. Um, I will have to, you know, childhood analyze that later. But I guess, you know, that theme, and then just the theme of like, you know, what is true love? Love isn't just a feeling, right? It's a choice. Love being a choice will be a theme that is in all of my books, because I firmly believe love is more than a, than an emotion. It is, it is an action. Um, and it stems from our creator. We can only love because he first loved us. And so that is a huge, huge theme in my books as well. Okay. Well, that is wonderful to hear. So before I let Lorelai start talking, because I do have another question, do you want to just talk a little bit about the two books that you currently have out and like their titles, blurbs, basically just pitch them to us. I actually know nothing about your books because Lorelai was like, hey, you know who we should have on the podcast? Drew. And I was like, Okay, that's <laughs> I will do no research whatsoever. <laughs> I do you no, know I love that? Okay. okay, I do know. I've read <laughs> like half of a pol- the politics of Christmas. Mm-hmm. Just realized that yeah. it's very not my cup of tea. I did no research about it. <laughs> Doesn't mean that you don't. <laughs> yeah, so yeah, definitely romance is, is you know, rom com in, in general, its own genre is you know, it's it's a targeted audience, right? It's not fantasy. It's not adventurous and, and all of that, right? It's not these made up worlds. It's contemporary. Um, and of course, comedy within itself is subjective. So you'll reach some people, you won't reach some people. Um, but anyway, so The Politics of Christmas was my first book. It's obviously a Christmas book. Um, it is about a... Uh, 20-something-year-old named Stella Harper, and uh, she has moved to New York City, has been there for the past 10 years. Um, She is called home for Christmas, back to Mississippi, um, where she runs into her ex, 
uh, fiance in some sense of the word, um, though they weren't engaged long, I should say. Um, and she has to basically battle some ghosts of Christmas past and uh, ask forgiveness from those she's closest to, the, the Lucas Grady, who is the male main character, um, her mom, her best friends that she left. Um, because of the decision to up and leave, you know, she has to battle through forgiveness, forgiving herself, um, and reconnecting with those who, you know, are home to her. So uh, that's her journey. Um, that one is more of a sweet romance. It's not actual, uh, I mean, there's like comedic relief moments, but I don't label it as Hallmark well, movie core, which I think is. The yeah. Best. Totally, totally Hallmark. Um, yeah. would love. Let me just put that out there. I'm going to <laughs> my grandmother and see if she wants to read it. <laughs> no, do a, it because exactly I've right definitely had some. Yeah, I've definitely had some grandmas that that love my books. So I'm like, I'm, I'm totally cool with that. Like, you know, target audience, right? Yeah. Um, second book is the Designated Friend. It is a rom com. It's a road trip romantic comedy, best friends to lovers type trope. Um, so Hadley Dawson and Braxton Rawls have been best friends for 20 years and, uh, the fates, I guess, have never aligned for them to actually date romantically because anytime Hadley would have a boyfriend, Braxton would be single or Braxton would have a girlfriend, Hadley would be single. Um, so never meshed up and they've always just kind of held a really solid friendship. Um, they're not opposites attract, but they are two sides of the two different sides of the same coin, so to say. Um, Braxton's a Christian character, Hadley is not. So, you know, like there's some like uh, tension there in those moments. And it's really fun to explore how their differences bring them together. Um, so they both have to face um, a journey as they road trip to Hadley's best friend's wedding in Virginia. And they have to face, you know, Hey, what is this? We we actually we're both single. We like each other. Um, how do we overcome our differences? Um, how do we compromise? How do we um, how do we love appropriately? Right? Um, because Hadley really struggles with a lot of things. There's trigger warnings at the beginning of this book, um, dealing with drug abuse, sexual abuse in Hadley's past. Um, so you know, read the trigger warning first if you read this book um and it just just how to come out on the other side um as a partner as a united force so this isn't a long-suffering best friends to lovers where you know they don't actually realize they love each other until the end of the book um you know it's about a midway point where they finally get together and then we get to explore how they have their relationship which i think is um personally I love which is why I wrote it that way so I'm really bad at explaining my books but there you go well you got me hooked and you got my best friend hooked too <laughs> they're like yes <laughs> yay go me and my awkwardness all right so I will pass it over to Laura Light if <laughs> she has any questions because that is all I have written down in my life <laughs> dude I got a ton of questions be prepared <laughs> I do want to ask you about your next book, which is The Politics of Love, correct? Yes. Awesome. I have it like saved on Goodreads. So <laughs> that one um, is actually about politicians, right? 
Yeah, yeah. So, you know, in the politics of Christmas, there is like, I, I went ahead and kept it the politics of because I knew that's what I wanted the series title to be. Um, that one doesn't have a lot of politics in it. It's just kind of like Stella's career. She's a campaign manager, right? Um, and she's running the campaign for Darcy Marshall, who is running for president on the independent ticket. Um, so the politics of love picks up um, with uh, there being a new campaign manager in town for Darcy's campaign, Hayden Bennett, who was um, Stella's best friend back in New York, right? And so this story, The Politics of Love, follows Darcy Marshall and Hayden Bennett as he is in search for a wife to help him win over the more conservative vote. You know, it's kind of far-stretched, but it's a rom-com, so you can do, you can do stuff like that. And so uh he's he's very much mr darcy right this is kind of a play on pride and prejudice it's not a retelling or anything but it's there the themes um and he's very hard to get along with he's very misunderstood um hayden however is the opposite to his grump she's a sunshine bubbly human being and she's constantly pulling him out of his comfort zone and making him open up right um so he knows he can trust her and he very much has the viewpoint that love is uh love doesn't have to define a marriage you only need trust and so since he trusts hayden he basically hires her i'm gonna say hire because he does pay her money to be his wife right so she's his campaign manager and his wife so it's a marriage of convenience um my favorite trope by the way (laughs) marriage of convenience (laughs) an unhealthy (laughs) chokehold Yeah, well, hopefully you'll love this one then. Um, and, honest, and, and I don't very, read yeah. a lot of romance, so <laughs> hearing about this is like, wow, that's how romance books really work, huh? That's yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's um, yeah, it's it's a uh, it's marriage of convenience, forced proximity. Um, again, a play on Pride and Prejudice. Uh, and it's not a road trip, but you know they have to you know, campaign. So you're going to be getting into different states, um, different activities that they do. Uh, it takes the whole book, it takes a whole year. So um, the way it's currently, it's not by, it's not divided into chapters, it's divided into months. Um, so it'll be interesting formatting as well, this book. Um, but I'm excited for it. It's been really hard to write. It's taken me a very long time to write, to draft. But it's because the characters are very complex. There's a lot of um, intertwining storylines and some twists that I don't think readers will see coming. So I'm excited for it. Awesome. That sounds like it's going to be a lot of fun. Um, definitely something that I think I'll probably be interested in. I mean, either way, I'm going to buy all of your books because I want to be with <laughs> people. Um. <laughs> Thanks. Authors <laughs> in this podcast. That's why we do this. Exactly. Um, What are some of your inspirations for writing these rom-coms? Like what got you started Mm. the rom-com genre? Okay. So um, yeah, I love, I love getting asked this question um, because I get to point to another indie author. Um, I get to point to Leah Bruner. Um, I don't know if you know her works. She's written um, Running Mate, Housemate, and Cabin Mate. And I'm forgetting the fourth one. Leah Brunner, she also just um, came out with her hockey series. So um, Desire or Defense and the new one coming out is Flirtation or Face Off. Um, anyway, she's a really good author too. You guys should check her out. Her rom-coms are really good. Um, 
she, when she first released Running Mate, which was her first book, it went by a different title at that time. She rebranded the series. I had just started my bookstagram and I had just kind of started following her. I wasn't really into rom-coms myself. Um, I definitely liked reading more dystopian fantasy. Um, that was my wheelhouse. And so uh, COVID hit and everything got crazy. And I decided I wanted to, you know, I've always been interested in writing. I've always written little stories here and there. I was in the middle of writing a dystopian at that point, which is still in the back burner. But um, she, she had posted that she wrote a book. She was like, you know, I've been reading rom-coms because they're lighthearted and they're fun and stuff like that. She's like, and then I decided I could write one. And so I saw that and I was like, well, you know, maybe I'll read it. And I read it and I started reading more rom-coms. I started falling in love with them because they just brought so much joy and happiness to this like darkness that was constantly surrounding me during that time. And I was like, you know what? I can do, Leah Brunner, she just said she could write one and she did it. I can do that. I can just write one. And so I started playing around with an idea, which is um, The Politics of Christmas was originally meant to be a summer story um, called Sweet Tea in Summertime. Um, but, you know, it name, just, though. yeah, thanks. Maybe in the future. I don't know. It just readjusted and blended and it started taking its own its own thing. And I knew I wanted politics involved. I, I majored in politics in college, uh, political science, minor in history. Love it. I'm the nerd who will talk politics all day with people. So I wanted that in my book. So I blended politics, a uh, love of mine, and Christmas, another love of mine. I was like, oh, let's make this a rom-com. <laughs> we'll see how it goes. <laughs> um, and yeah, it just kind of took its own life. And from then on, I was like, you know, I really love rom-coms because it explores I mean, obviously, fantasy and dystopia, any book you write that has characters is going to explore humanity in some aspect, right? Um, with rom-coms being, you know, on the contemporary side of things, it's like, they can be really relatable to people. Like, you can't relate to being Katniss Everdeen stepping into an arena and having to kill a bunch of kids. You can't relate to that. We're, we don't, we're not put in those positions, right? Um, but you can relate to, you know, having to overthink questions in your mind like oh should I say this or should I say that or how does this person feel about me or you know having to do conflict resolution and things like that is all stuff that we deal with in life and when it's in a contemporary setting I think we can relate more to it which is why some people don't want to pick up those books I yeah, completely understand that <laughs> it's too much like the truth. yeah 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 so I, I completely understand that because you know, that's why I really never read them either it's because I wanted to escape right and I couldn't escape in a contemporary world but I'm learning you actually can and it's really nice so I don't know that's awesome and then how yeah. many books are supposed to be in the politics of series um so I have just these two so far um and then three books in the designated series but the last book of the designated series blends a character from the politics of series and a character in the designated series so it's going to be technically a part of the Designate series, but it it's going to tie in to the politics of. Um, that's the that's been the plan. However, there is a certain character in the politics of love that is screaming for me to write his story, and it would be set in Japan. And oh, that's cute. I know it's just I want to call it the politics of Ikiga or uh, Ikige Ikige. Politics of Ikige. Um, Ikige being a Japanese word that means uh, one's life's purpose. 
right? So I don't know. We'll see. And it would deal with international politics. So that would be super yeah. cool. I have a list of other questions that I thought I could ask. Um, so are there any other like bookish monetary ideas that you have? Like if you could like book boxes, like a owning your own book cafe, like things like that. Have you ever had like one of those like that you would want to pursue on top of writing? Yes, I have a huge dream of owning a bookstore, right? Just a classic little bookstore that sells indie books, like just indie books, only indie authors. Um, I would like a cafe attached to it um, and a little bakery. And I would like a room in the back for like, I don't know, students, for people, like whatever like, they need to be used for. Like if, you know, someone wants to seek out tutoring, like they can come to this place and they have a space for tutoring or they have a space to just hang out and read or a space to, you know, talk with friends or study alone or write or, you know, whatever, just like a quiet space for people to escape to. Because, you know, if you go to like Barnes and Noble, it's a huge bookstore. It's not very quiet all the time. Like just something that's aesthetic, pleasing to the eyes, pleasing to the nose, like nice warm bakery smells and smell of books and like, I don't know. I don't know exactly what it would look like, but yes, I would love to own and operate something like that. It would be a dream. That would be super awesome. Do you have like a place, like a town that you really would want it to be in? Like, do you want something like a well, that or like a little cute town like on the coast? Maybe that's just me. Oh, totally like, yeah, like small town, totally. Um, it would definitely be a small town thing, I think. Um, I, there, was this, there was this building back home in, in Mississippi uh that I loved it's it's a brick building it's looked like old kind of um I thought it it was a bookstore at one point so I thought this would be perfect and there's a cafe right across the street from it um that I frequented all the time when I was back home and I just I always had a vision that I could do it there like that way I really wouldn't have to have the cafe side of things because there was cafe across the street so you know like you could just and I could like cooperate with them on like deals and things like that and and I thought that would be really awesome but you know the rent on that building was just outrageously high um city of Popperville if you hear this do better <laughs> um so like I would love I would have loved to have something there um here in Alaska I haven't really we have a couple of like used bookstores we have one new bookstore in my area um so I think it's still a possibility that I could do something like that here. And it is still like really small town, except for summer is like tourist season, of course. But uh, I don't know where, quite where it would be. So. Just have to build it yourself. Buy a plot of land. Yeah. Yeah, totally. That would be, that'd be fun. I love <laughs> I, I think it's just a little bit of all of our dreams, just to have a cute little bookstore. Mm -hmm um yes moving on if one of your books got an adaptation would you rather it be a tv show or a movie what do you think would portray um i think movies would work best for mine um maybe the dystopian series that i'm working on uh maybe that could be a series i think that could be like a really cool like shadow and bone-esque type series um but yeah, my rom-coms definitely movies. 
good like two hour long movie it would be perfect yes yeah. and I know people who would like devour it like people from my church who are like yes Hallmark like <laughs> yes. especially since it's Christian and how Hallmark has kind of moved away from that like mm-hmm. sphere of things I know a lot yeah. of people would be like eating that up like so yeah that'd be pretty cool yeah um also what are some life events that have inspired your writing like (laughs) I know so I know that (laughs) I are definitely inspired by the fact that I have been suffering with depression since I was a child so I know that my my books have kind of that darker like most of my characters do have like Mm -hmm. a mental illness of some sort so like what type of things that have happened in your life that you see appearing in your writing (sighs) okay um yeah so writing Stella in the politics of Christmas um you know she's kind of gotten a bad rap from people in reviews which kind of hurts my heart because I wrote a lot of me and Stella and so I kind of take it personal I'm like well if you don't like Stella you don't like me (laughs) so ouch thanks um no it's I mean there's a lot of things about Stella that I I don't do Stella was my character that I wrote like if I actually would have continued to pursue a master's in political science and would have you know went the route of like maybe becoming a lawyer or becoming a campaign manager myself you know things that I had envisioned I would do in college um she she's that side of me right this like really uh type a I'm gonna pursue my dreams I'm gonna go after it I don't I'm whoever gets in the way you know I can I can just cut them from my life right um because my dream is what matters and I definitely kind of had that mindset for a while um and so Stella, by the end of the novel, you know, people are like, I didn't like her in the first half, but I like her in the second half. I'm like, well, you know, that's called character development. <laughs> um, so she, in the, in the last half, you know, she she has all that reconciliation with her family and her friends and, and Lucas. And and it, it was her journey that she learned that, you know, she can have what she wants and still also have the people in her life who care about her and can still treat them good. And that was a personal journey that I went on myself. And so that was definitely infused. Um, With Hadley, a lot of her trauma that she carries, like, you know, sexual abuse and the way that she views sex, like, you know, so like there's no sex in the book, but the the theme is there that they are adults and stuff and she's been through like sexual abuse and things like that. A lot of her experiences that I write in the book are are my experiences so a lot of her trauma is there and it was very therapeutic to just like write it all out right um her her views questioning christianity right she's not a christian like you know she's like i grew up in the bible belt but you know this all seems very fake to me people are very fake to me those are thoughts that i always had growing up and you know i was raised in church and all of that but i wanted something deeper than just the classic excuse well you know you just gotta love god you just gotta love god you just gotta you just gotta believe it and i'm like tell me why i should believe it <laughs> i, I want to dig deeper i want to know the logic behind what you're telling me i should believe um and i dug really deep into theology and stuff when i got into college and you know kind of learned myself and sought out people who would actually tell me why and would give me some apologetics behind why I should why I should believe what I believe and help me explore that 
And that's when I really like, you know, my faith became my own. And I was like, okay, I can tell you why I believe in Jesus and I can tell you why he's real. And, and so Hadley goes on that journey too. Um, so yeah, my books are, are very much inspired by things that have happened to me. Um, the incidents, the characters find themselves in not so much because I'm a very socially awkward, standoffish person who doesn't get out much, and I'm okay with that. Um, so, you know, writing, like, Hadley as an extroverted character and stuff, like, I just had to make up things that I think extroverted people would do, or I had to call my extroverted friend and be like, hey, so what do you think about this? <laughs> like, should this happen? Um, using my friend's life experiences and my family's life experiences and just what I see random people doing and happening, pulling on other other shows and books and stuff very common right uh so yeah it, it's just this big mesh of, of things that I have absorbed in my life whether it's happened to me or other people so yeah I totally get that like one of the <laughs> book I'm writing right now I I've put my mommy issues into it and then I've <laughs> exasperated a little bit because my mom is not that bad yeah <laughs> I totally get it. you just like you take things that like really bothered you right yeah you explore yeah. that and I understand how therapeutic and like mm -hmm. honestly eye-opening it is and like the fact that you have put it in your story somebody's gonna pick up that book and be like oh I've been through this this yeah. is something I understand and I think that's what helped me a lot when I was younger was finding characters that I related to and how they overcame their issues and went mm -hmm. their walk that I was super inspiring so Ooh, I got another good one. So what writing tip would you live by? Like, what would you say that like one thing like show don't tell or like comma splicing? Like what tip that you <laughs> everywhere or that one time that really stood out to you and that you would say that you use a lot throughout your books? Honestly, I know this sounds so bad and I probably should get better at it but by like actually following some rules <laughs> instead of just writing what I want <laughs> um I have definitely started looking at rules more and you know trying to adhere to market and adhere to you know what people want in their books and things like that just you know from the business marketing perspective from the just like authentic writing perspective though very much right from your heart like Write, write your experiences, write what you've been through. Don't be scared to dive deep into things that you think others might not understand or what others might not, you know, they might not have been through this so they won't get it. So I shouldn't put it in my book because like you said, someone has and that someone's going to find your book and it's going to become their favorite book and they're going to relate to it and they're going to cry through it and they're going to just, you know, fall in love with you for it because you've brought to light you've put into words something that they've never been able to explain themselves and I think that all writers should should be just authentic to who you are don't try to be like someone else don't try to write like someone else write to your voice and it'll shine so exactly. I totally agree with that especially nowadays when all of the books feel like they're written like all of like the new books feel like they're written by like mm -hmm the same plot the same type of characters mm -hmm. they don't write really strong female characters which bothers me because I grew up mm -hmm. watching like the studio Ghibli female characters where they were <laughs> like they were still like female characters right they were dainty yeah. they were 
they were beautiful mm-hmm. the quotes around that right like mm-hmm. but they were strong they did not need mm-hmm. a man but these characters nowadays these women characters feel like a man in a woman's body right yeah yeah it's like even like like naturally we have different like feelings and we interpret things differently than Mm -hmm. men do and like not Mm -hmm. seeing that makes it hard to relate to some of these characters yeah very much so I agree with that let's see I'm gonna ask you maybe one or two more Mm -hmm. so that I don't take up too much of your time (laughs) um ooh so I already discussed with you earlier before we started recording that you were a teacher. Are you ever planning mm-hmm. on going, trying to be a full-time author? Would you like to continue teaching? Because I know there's yeah, so, a place in your heart for students, obviously. Yeah, yeah. I, I love my job. I love what I do. It's very taxing. It's very emotional. I have to wear a lot of hats, um, but I love it. I wouldn't do it if I didn't love it, honestly. Um, I don't think I could do it if I didn't love it, <laughs> how hard that job is. Um, but yes, I would love to be a full-time author. Um, you know, my goal is to be that stay-at-home wife and mom. Like, that's that's always been my dream. Like, it's what I want to be. And that's why I chose teaching. Also, like, obviously, I love teaching. Um, I, I love discipleship. I'm going to homeschool my kids. Like, you know, I want to teach. Um, and I like investing in other people's lives. But at the same time, like, I want, I want to have that traditional role where I'm a wife and a mom, but, you know, I still want to work, and I want my job to be, you know, writing books, so, um, just, that, that's the goal, that's the dream, I don't know when God's going to provide it, but, you know, just trusting in Him, it's like, I'm walking through a breakup right now, and it's just really hard, because I was like, that dream just felt like it was finally in reach, and, and now it's just gone, so, Luckily, the Lord knows what's the timing that'll be yeah. for you, and you'll be happy yeah. you waited and not rushed yeah. to something. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I totally trust that. But, yeah. It's hard, though. It's hard. I, <laughs> I'm not like downplaying. Like I totally get like. Yeah. <laughs> it's kind of I've been struggling with like school, right? Like I just want to be a full time mm-hmm. author, but school gets in the way of everything. Everything. But the Lord keeps providing for it, so I have to go, mm-hmm. and so I'm like. I love you, but Lord, I don't know how much longer I can do this. <laughs> okay. Oh, yeah, I feel that. So you said you have your dystopian novel that mm-hmm. or series coming up. What other writing plans do you have? Like, do you have like a ton of rom-com stories in the back burner? Like, I want to know it all. How many yeah, books so have you little, from you? It's a little I- idea book, right? That <laughs> just keeps getting fuller and fuller. <laughs> um, so I definitely want to finish up the politics of series. I have no idea if I'll write that third book in the series. Maybe, maybe not. With how hard the second book was to write, I, I don't know, honestly. Um, but I have two more books to come out in the designated series. I have the designated twin that'll come out early next year, hopefully. Um, and then the third book in that series, which I haven't revealed the title for. So um, I have on my Substack a urban fantasy romantic comedy blend happening. Um, so it's a what story is about a- actually. Yeah, so it's like it, it, it's an app, but it's also a, it, you can have an app, but it's also a website. Um, you can you just you can put out your writing there. Like, um, you can have paid subscribers, or it can be for free. So mine's for free right now. 
um, because I'm not consistent enough to ask people for money to, to read it at this point. <laughs> um, chapters three and four should have already came out, but they haven't. Um, <laughs> so I don't know, it's free for right now. Um, but yeah, you can post writings, blog posts. Um, I send out my newsletter through it. Um, yeah, just, just another like little platform to use. Okay, awesome. And so you said it's an urban fantasy. I freaking love. Yeah. So yeah. I'm just gonna like stock your stuff for a little bit <laughs> afterwards. Yeah, go read the first two chapters. Um, so it's it's urban fantasy rom com blend. Um, and it's a female pirate who um basically her 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 whole personality is based on Jack Sparrow. It's like Jack Sparrow in a female body. Um, her name is Folly Rogue. If that like dictates how her personality is by her name right um so she's very trickster and you know humorous and silly and but you know she's also smart and she knows what she's doing so it's it's really she's a fun character to write from um and then the other character is a merman so and he is her opposite uh maverick is his name and he is he's a prince and um he is protecting the amethyst um that keeps that allows the the, the mer people to transform into human but the amethyst is dying and folly is also after the amethyst because it's the last gem she needs to be able to return from the cold alaskan waters that they're selling in so it is based in alaska back to the caribbean so uh they'll be after he'll need to protect what she's after but she also he also needs to find a way to infuse the amethyst with more magic so that they can continue to survive as it's a population a good type of enemies to lovers actual yes. enemies to lovers oh that's my favorite yeah. i love enemies to lovers when it's like the two opposing sides and they have to reconcile mm -hmm. like their mm -hmm. ideals to get to oh. mm -hmm. yeah yeah so that's the story <laughs> it's, and and readers so so my goal with this is for readers to help me write it and um, that's why i release it chapter by chapter um readers can leave comments of like what they want to see happening and stuff like that and then I can kind of adjust it like I have the vague storyline obviously or else I wouldn't have been able to do anything with it um but like I will adjust it and tweak it based on like what readers are saying and what they're wanting and so like one day when I like actually publish this book I want it to be like written by Drew Taylor plus bookstagram or something like I don't know like plus that's you so, so like cool. like a book written by all of us yeah I love that so much oh my gosh that's such a great idea <laughs> I'm gonna be popping in those comments too and we'll be like oh my gosh give them abs <laughs> <laughs> oh they're there <laughs> yes we love a good ripped man I'm, I'm I muted so my silent laughing has gone very silenced and unnoticed I think that's all I have for you today. Thank you so much for joining us. And thanks for like thanks answering for a bunch me. of my really awkward questions. I'm looking forward to all of your books. Thank Probably you so much. Yes. <laughs> it's so good to chat with you guys. Thank you guys so much for listening to our interview with Drew Taylor. Please check out her books and her Instagram, which is Drew Taylor Authors. I will have that linked in the description. Um, can't wait to see you guys next week. Bye.